1: back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my friend Brian Hedges. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. glad to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you. Can you just catch us up on what's been happening in your life, marriage, ministry, and uh, what writing projects you're working on, those types of things? Well,
0: Dave, as you know, the world shut down about six weeks ago. <laughs> so my uh, my life has been mostly focused on um, Shepherding Redeemer Church, where I pastor, and uh, trying to get us through this pandemic. So that's meant a lot of preaching. We actually increased uh, the preaching output for the church so that we're able to offer midweek services while people were out of small groups. So I've been Preaching twice a week, also involved in more Zoom meetings than I uh, care to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand what people are saying about Zoom fatigue, so we're now working on a reopening plan and looking back to uh, looking forward to getting back together with our congregation.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's really great, brother. I know that you've been working hard, and a lot of pastor friends are going through that, and they're really tired of Zoom and. So Yeah, that, that's rough. Uh, can you tell us about this book uh, with, that you wrote with uh, Joel Beakey, Thriving in Grace, 12 Ways That the Puritans Feel Spiritual Growth, uh, why you guys wrote it, and how you hope it'll be received.
0: Yeah, so this book kind of grew out of an article uh, that I wrote back in 2007 for the Banner of Truth magazine. Uh, the article was called Puritan Writers Enrich the Modern Church. Mm. And as you probably know, there was a recent documentary on the Puritans that was produced by Reformation Heritage Books and by Media Gratia. And when I saw that documentary, um, I was already doing some work for Reformation Heritage Books. And so I pitched the idea of uh, taking the content from this article and turning it into a book. And the idea really initially was to just write something for uh, people who are new, new to the Puritans, uh, never been exposed much to the Puritans, kind of an entry-level introduction to the Puritans. Uh, so RHB liked that idea, and uh, Dr. Beakey thought that he could add some material to that uh, to make it a, a fuller, longer book. So we uh, talked a few times and kind of landed on a plan where each of us were writing six chapters. So it's a 12-chapter book. We each wrote six chapters, and then we swapped chapters and put together this little book. And uh, uh, also the idea was to release this with the the Puritan Conference that was supposed to be happening this summer at Grace Community Church. Uh, that conference has now been moved to October of 2022. So the book is re- releasing now and then I think they'll still have that book available when that conference comes around here in a year and a half. Uh, but that was the idea for the book. So we're excited to have it out now.
1: So you'll be coming uh, over here to California?
0: Oh, I doubt that I will be there for the conference. Uh, uh, Dr. Beeky will be there. And, you uh, know, there's, they have a great lineup of speakers but nobody knows who Brian Hedges is. Oh. Uh, uh, Oh, that's
1: not true, Brian. Come on now. Well, not uh, as a
0: conference speaker.
1: Uh, oh yeah, yeah. But you can come and you can come over here. I'm only an hour away, so you know we could actually meet in person.
0: Well, California is a long way from Indiana.
1: It is. It's true. <laughs> it is. Which is why I don't really go to the East Coast. So right. I understand. I get it. Well,
0: yeah, I'm Midwest, but. It's, it's a long way, So It is. It
1: is. Um, how did the Puritan view of the Scriptures affect how, how they saw the Christian life and teach it?
0: Uh, well, the Puritans, as you know, view the Scriptures as the authoritative, inspired, inerrant Word of God. Uh, so the Scriptures believe that when—or uh, the Puritans believe, rather, right, that when the Scriptures speak, uh, that God speaks. And uh, so that governed everything for the Puritans in the way they thought about life and ministry. And they really focused on both uh, the importance of reading Scripture— and especially um, as families and individuals reading the Word of God and on teaching Scripture. And so when you read the Puritans, uh, they are just full of Scripture. I love the the statement of Charles Spurgeon about John Bunyan. who was kind of a Puritan uh, figure. He's Baptist, but he was in that Puritan age. And uh, Spurgeon said of Bunyan that if you prick him anywhere, he, he bleeds Bible. Uh, because when you read Bunyan, he's just full of, so full of Scripture. And uh, I think that's true of most of the Puritans.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't read. I mean, you can't read that and not be amazed by their knowledge of and, and their use of argumentation from scripture. Um, it's it's right. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. How, how does the Puritan teaching on the full range of the person, work, and offices of Christ help Christians today? Well, it's one of the things I love about
0: the Puritans is that they were so Christ-centered. Uh, the Puritans loved uh, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and they wrote about him often. Uh, one of my favorite examples of this is Isaac Ambrose who wrote a book called Looking Unto Jesus, and uh, Ambrose called Looking into Jesus, The Duty of Duties. Uh, it was it was the one thing that we especially need to do is look to Christ, and it's a lengthy book that, that looks at all different aspects of the work of Christ. And it really does so in a devotional way, and uh, the Puritans, I think, were just masters of this, of, of taking a rich theological truth, such as uh, the person of Christ, the work of the offices of Christ as our prophet, priest, and king, and then showing how those doctrines intersect with Christian life. And uh, one of the best examples is William Bridge. Um, As you know, Dave, I just recently edited a book by William Bridge on the priestly work of Christ called Comfort and Holiness from Christ's Priestly Work. And that's based on four sermons by William Bridge where he looks at four different aspects of Christ's priestly ministry. And in each one of those sermons, he shows that it's Christ's work as priest that especially leads to both our comfort as believers and our holiness as believers. And uh, I think those sermons are just a fine example of how the Puritans would devotionally, pastorally, talk about the work of Christ and apply it to our lives. Uh, Bridge, Bridge said, this is kind of a paraphrase, but he essentially said that Christ's priesthood is the storehouse of all of our comfort mm. and our holiness as believers. Wow. And uh, so it's 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 great material.
1: Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's a really, really helpful answer. How, how does the teaching of Robert Bolton on Christian liberty help Christians understand the privileges of being a child of God? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a great question um, Robert Bolton wrote this great book called The True Bounds of Christian Freedom that's been republished by Banner of Truth it's in their Puritan paperback series uh, which by the way I would just recommend to listeners if you're wanting to dig into the Puritans um, the series the Puritan paperbacks from Banner of Truth is excellent and then Reformation Heritage Books series uh, Puritan Treasures for Today um, also excellent so so you, you can get kind of entry level Puritan books uh, from those two publishers and uh, Robert Bolton in The True Bounds of Christian Freedom um, outlines the positive aspects of Christian liberty uh, by showing that we are freed not only from negative consequences of our sin, but also given positive privileges. Uh, So, for example, he lists seven of these. I'll just read these off to you. He says that we are freed from a state of wrath and bondage into a state of mercy and favor. Mm. We are freed from a state of condemnation and brought to a state of justification. Mm. Freed from a state of enmity and brought into a state of friendship, uh, freed from a state of death and brought to a state of life, freed from sin and brought into service, freed from bondage and brought into sonship and liberty, and then freed from death and hell and brought to life and glory. So you can just see in that outline how he, he essentially just outlines the privileges of a Christian, that we have God's mercy, that we are justified, that we are friends of God, reconciled to Him, that we are alive, that we are now in His service, we are in His family, and we we have the expectation of final glory. And all of this uh, springs to us uh from God's grace and his mercy given to us in Christ. Yeah,
1: I I think that this is probably one of the biggest issues right now in the church. We we think I think a lot of Christians think that I'm just gonna do whatever I wanna do. And it's like, well, that's not that's not what you've been saved for, or or even to. It's not the purpose of your salvation. So, you know, we we have we have liberty, but only to do. Uh, some people think, "Well, I have. I can just do whatever I want to do as, as a Christian." And it's like, "Well, I I'd love for you to read Romans six. Um, I'd love for you to read Colossians three and see. Oh, look, you ha- you're united to Christ by faith. That 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 was a costly thing that happened there. Yeah, and and, you, and and you've been united to the to the Savior and Lord who who created everything and and redeemed you. So why would you ever want to just live however you'd want to live and do whatever you'd want to do? Um, and, yeah. yeah, that's right. You know, I, I think that uh, a lot of times people misunderstand
0: the nature of freedom and think of freedom as the liberty to do whatever we want or whatever we please and uh, it, it's kind of this illusion of ultimate autonomy we don't have ultimate autonomy and so I like to quote uh, the great theologian Bob Dylan <laughs> that everybody's got to serve somebody you know, you're know, you going to have to serve somebody maybe the devil or maybe the Lord but you got to serve somebody and
1: that's really what Romans 6 is saying yeah. is that if you're free from Christ you're actually a slave to sin but if you're free from 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 sin, you are
0: you are now enslaved to Christ, and slavery to Christ is true freedom. But it's it's freedom from sin, and it's it's freedom to do righteousness. It's freedom to please our Lord. It's freedom to obey him. Um, but that doesn't mean ultimate autonomy. It means we serve
1: a new master. Yeah, that, that's really good. And and even even to take it a little further, you know, if you have absolute freedom, then you're never going to be held responsible, right? But right. but we're going to be held responsible. We're going to be held accountable. So we don't have, there's no freedom, absolute freedom. Yeah. So some Christians are, are confused about what holiness is and why they should even care about it. Uh, how can the Puritans help them grasp this critical biblical teaching for their own growth and the grace of God? Well,
0: that's a great question, and we probably could have spent the entire 40 <laughs> minutes just talking about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. a lot
0: to say about holiness. The- Let me just say three things about that. Uh, So the first thing is that the Puritans help us understand the beauty of holiness. Mm. Uh, You know, a lot of times when people hear the word holiness, uh, we have ideas popping to our mind that I I think are not the biblical idea. We may think of the holier-than-thou attitude, or we may think of maybe certain streams of Christianity that have defined holiness in very externalistic ways. You know, skirts have got to be a certain length, or Mm. a long list of do's and don'ts, or those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Puritans will disagree you from those kinds of ideas mm-hmm. and really pierce to the heart of holiness and show that holiness really is mm. the conformity of our character to the character of Christ and show us the beauty of God's holiness and, uh, and the beauty of Christian holiness. Now the second thing is that the Puritans orient us towards God's grace given to us in the gospel and how holiness is rooted in the gospel and uh, I just love uh, John Owen mm-hmm. who said that um, gospel truth is the only root on which gospel holiness will grow, and so we've got to understand the gospel, and Owen especially does that beautifully. He just shows us that the work of Christ and the Spirit are foundational to our holiness, and then along with that, the third thing to say is that um, the Puritans are very practical in their approach to holiness, and there are lots of great examples to this, but you might think, for example, of uh, also John Owen and his stuff on mortification of sin and temptation and how to deal with sin, and again, uh, John Owen is not in the least bit legalistic in his approach, he, he's not pointing us to the law, but he is pointing us to Christ into the death of Christ and the power of Christ's Spirit and a communion with Christ and how it is only through our union with him and, um, and through the power of his Spirit that we can grow in holiness. So there's so much to say about the Puritans on this topic, and uh, almost any book you read from the Puritans is going to somehow get you to holiness because uh, they weren't just theologians, right? They were pastors, and, uh, and, and they were giving us doctrine for the sake of life, for the sake of Christian living.
1: That's really, really, really good. Uh, one thing, you mentioned Owen, I, I've always been impressed by this, and it's kind of made a big impact on me, is he, he makes you feel the weightiness of a thing, the weightiness yeah. of the doctrine, and then he makes you sit there and feel the weight of it, and he makes you feel your uh, indwelling sin. I think that's probably in my estimation um, something that is very neglected in contemporary Christianity. Would you, would you, I think you would agree with
0: that. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, certainly within certain streams uh, where you you just have Christianity light, you know, uh, kind of a a superficial, um, almost... I mean, you go to the Christian bookstores that are remaining, and a lot of times what you see on the shelves are self-help books with Christian jargon, um, but not really plumbing deep into the truths of Scripture and then the application of that to our lives. And uh, you're right, Owen does that. Uh, There's a gravitas to reading Owen, so he takes you deep. But but here's the other thing, is that the Puritans who take you deep also take you high. So nobody, you're not going to read anybody that's going to make you feel more convicted of sin than the Puritan authors, and you're probably not going to read anyone who's going to take you to the source heights of communion with God like the Puritan authors and uh, I, I think the, the depth of the ballast you know in the Puritan ship is matched by the, the height of the, the sail the spread of the sail and so um, they're rich in both of those ways
1: that's really really well said what are some practical strategies from the Puritans that can help Christians grow in their prayer lives
0: well once again I mean there's a lot to say uh, because the Puritans wrote a lot about prayer uh, first of all they just they emphasize the value of prayer and the necessity of prayer and uh, just why we need prayer they they have a lot to say about our hearts in prayer and the importance of sincerity and godliness and approaching God with you know, fear and reverence. So they're helpful in those aspects. Uh, the Puritans are also really good in guiding us in prayer. So, uh, a great example would be Matthew Henry's book, A mm-hmm. Method for Prayer, where um, he just essentially walks the Christian through the different parts of prayer, different aspects of prayer, gives you guidance for to pray, it's so so helpful. But the the Puritans. Uh, this is something I get appreciated about John Owen. Um, Owen grounds his understanding of prayer in God's nature as Trinity, especially in his book on communion with God, where he talks about communion with each person of the Trinity—the Father, the Son, and the Spirit—and how we have a distinct and unique kind of fellowship with each person uh, that correspond with what each person does for us. So, the work of the Father is distinct from the work of the Son and the work of the Spirit. The distinct from the work of the Son. And, and we fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in unique ways. And I think understanding that is incredibly enriching to our prayer lives because uh, it means that we're not just praying to God in general, but we're now praying to God who is revealed as Father, Son, and Spirit. We're praying to the Father who loves us, and the Son who died for us, and the Spirit who indwells us. We're praying to the Father through the Son in the power of the Spirit. Uh, there's There's a lot of rich material there for prayer mm. and for uh, Christian devotion. So mm. Puritans are really helpful in this,
1: in this regard. Yeah, really, really well said. Really well said. You know, suffering is it's it's challenging. It's lonely. It can feel like the Lord is distant, uncaring. You know, I'm sure we could go on and on with that. Uh, how can the Puritans help the the people of God bolster their faith and confidence in the sovereignty of God?
0: So the the Puritans, first of all, they just understand the pervasive scope of God's sovereignty. That God's providence embraces all things. Uh, there's nothing that falls outside the scope of God's sovereign will. Uh, so the, the Puritans were about the furthest thing you could ever find from an open theist. Uh, you know, there, there are folks out there today who essentially say that when suffering happens to you, God had no hand in that. That was not a part of God's will. It was not a part of God's plan. And you know, certainly he has compassion for you, but he couldn't do anything to stop it. He didn't know it was going to happen. Uh, nothing could be further from what the Puritans say, or from what the scriptures say, than that. And and the Puritans, on, you know, in contrast to that, they emphasize that everything comes to us through the loving, wise, and good fingers of a sovereign God who is our Father. And so they emphasize the scope of God's sovereignty. They emphasize the goodness of God. So that when trials and suffering come into our lives, uh, it's never accidental. It's never haphazard. It's never random. It's always purposeful and intentional. And God is working out His good pleasure and His good purposes. In in our lives. And then the Puritans teach us, I think, how to respond to that um, by emphasizing the importance of submitting to God's will and trusting the goodness of God and then meditating on God's providence. Uh, so they're so helpful. And uh, there's just great books the Puritans write. I especially would recommend The Mystery of Providence by John Flavel. Uh, it's one of my favorite books on this topic. It's so, so helpful.
1: Yeah, that's that's really, really well said. You know, we're, we're living in a time in history where illicit images abound and many are falling for it. You know, the, the the bait hook, line, and sinker. How can the Puritans help Christians fight against the world, of flesh, and the devil?
0: Uh, so the Puritans um, write about all of these topics, uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And they wrote a lot about spiritual warfare. One of the best examples is William Gurnall, The Christian in Complete Armor. Uh, you talk about a, a big book. I mean, that is a hefty, long book. In fact, I, I cannot uh, I cannot say that I've read every page, um, but it's on my bucket list. I've read a lot of it, and I, I return to it every every so often and read more and I always find it helpful. Uh, I think the Puritans help us with this in a couple of ways. Uh, they help us both defensively and offensively. Uh, so defensively they emphasize the importance of watchfulness and of guarding mm-hmm. our hearts and guarding our souls, uh, recognizing the dangers of temptation, recognizing the temptations of the enemy. Um, another great book is Thomas Brooks' Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. a great classic. So good. Uh, but the Puritans' Also help us on the offense, um, and especially their emphasis on the word and uh, sanctification, mortification of sin. What we're we are meant to take the offensive against our own flesh and against sin, uh, and that requires intentionality. That requires deliberation. Uh, that that requires that we're honest, that we do self-examination, and that we go on the attack and put sin to death. And that once again, I mean, John Owen, be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. Mm. So uh, they're so they're so helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's no that uh no there's no they in the puritans they weren't like formula like oh do this and do this and do this and guess what? You'll have victory. Uh because every temptation, every everything that we have, it, it's tailor-made in our lives. All, all you know, Satan's temptations, they they might be different for me than, than for you, Brian. And similarly for other people that are listening. And but we can take those truths and we can apply them into our lives. And that's Absolutely. that's what I think they would want us to do. Yeah. How can that how can the Puritans fuel our spiritual growth with their profound spiritual? and psychological insight which often searches our souls well,
0: let me answer that in this way uh, the reason or I'd say at least one of the reasons why I like to read the Puritans is because the Puritans read me hmm. right when I read them I feel like I'm I feel like I'm talking to someone who understands the way my mind works the way my heart works hmm. it's like it's like they are dismantling my arguments uh, my inner my inner talk the inner dialogue they get that and I think that's just because they were amazing counselors Counselors. They were amazing pastors. Uh, they, they knew what it was to work deeply and intentionally with people uh, and the specific problems people were dealing with. And so there's a lot of insight in the Puritans, um, the great counselors. Um, so in, in our book, we talk about uh, four different ways the Puritans do this. They help us with contentment. And so that, that chapter in the book highlights Jeremiah Burroughs, the rare jewel of Christian contentment. Uh, they, they deal with discouragement, William Bridge lifting up for the downcast. They deal with temptation. Again, John Owen um, on the temptation of sin. And then um, you know this this may be the best place for anybody to start who's never read the Puritans. John Bunyan, The Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, Because John Bunyan essentially gives us the Christian life in the form of an allegory. He's telling a story about this man's Christian journey, his journey from the city of destruction to the celestial city, and all the obstacles and trials and temptations that he goes through. And it's just a beautiful illustration of the Christian life that, that I think really resonates and I have found helpful, um, very helpful for my own spiritual life. Yeah, that
1: that's really, really good. I'm, I'm reading through it uh, Jeremiah Burroughs' work on contentment and, it, and it's really, it's fantastic. I've read it before and it's just, it's just really good. Uh, when you were talking about searching our hearts at I always remember uh, whenever somebody talks about that I always remember Jonathan Edwards because Edwards was known to go out in the forest and, and he would study nature and but he wanted to he did that to find piercing illustrations that would pierce the heart. And he studied his own heart. Now he wasn't, when people hear that, they hear, oh, well, I'm being introspective. Well, in a right sense, being introspective is good. Being overly introspective is if you're searching down into the depths of you. That, that, that's not what uh, any of the Puritans or Edwards did. But, uh, but you know, he's like you said, they searched the heart. They knew their own heart. They studied their own heart. And, yeah. and in light of scripture, and they understood and're able to speak because, we all have, like I said earlier, we all have different temptations and struggles, but those temptations and, and struggles all, and they manifest themselves differently, but they're still, we're still getting tempted. We're still struggling and wrestling against sin. So in th- that way, it's all the same. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I thought that chapter was just really fascinating, uh, personally. So great, great. I really enjoyed that chapter. So it was Great. Wonderful. Where can people go to find out more about your work online, on social media, or otherwise, brother?
0: Uh, Probably the best place to go is actually our church website. It's uh, redeemer.ch uh, So that's where my my preaching ministry, if people wanted to listen to a sermon, or actually with the pandemic, we started videoing services. So so you can actually see video now. Nice. Um, that was a new thing for us. Uh, that's probably the best place to go. I do have a blog and a website, BrianGHedges.com. I don't spend much time there. I've got a Twitter account, and I spend very, very little time there. You do. I'm not a Twitter guy. Um, so go to Redeemer. Hammer.ch if you want anything that's very current
1: yeah you don't post much on social media at all so not a lot not a lot <laughs> yeah yeah you're you're busy though i get it there's a lot you know that we could cover about this these topics as you said multiple times some of these questions could be the whole interview themselves just as we <laughs> yeah yeah just as we wrap up this conversation do you have a few takeaways brother i
0: do um <laughs> i have three.
1: Ooh, <laughs> but, nice
0: number one Sign up for the Puritan Conference, October 2022, Grace Community Church. Uh, Just look up Puritan Conference online. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have video available once that conference is done, but they've got a great line of of speakers, including my co-author for this book, uh, Dr. Joel Beakey. and he's really the expert on the Puritans, uh, much more than I am, so there's uh, going to be great material coming from that conference. Number two is watch the Puritan documentary that was produced by RHB and Media Gratia. That's a really great film uh, it's very very well done I've seen it a couple of times now in fact we showed it at our church on Reformation Sunday last year and uh, it's it's so good and it's a great way to get an introduction to the Puritans and then number three buy some Puritan books and uh, there's great there's great books out there so I've recommended a lot of them uh, in this interview but read the Puritans uh, they're worth it and uh, you won't regret it
1: Co-sign on all of that Co-sign. <laughs> well brother I I really appreciate your your ministry and and our friendship and uh it's a blessing to me, and, and uh, just thankful for you and all the work that you continue to do. So,
0: well, thank you for inviting me back on to talk about this book. So we're we're excited that it's out, and hope it'll be a blessing to people. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe.